But once again, how was your day? It was excellent. No complaints. Got a lot of stuff done. Like I said, I was at a community forum with people who uh, think they were smart. They weren't. (laughs) They were being fake and lying and making me mad because they were messing with kids. Right. You know, you're talking about, oh, we have we're going to do these things to help the parents get involved in the school system. And so when parents started saying, well, how are you going to do these things? People were, oh, well, we're really trying. We're just going to try. So finally, I stood up and said, where's the Title I money that is allocated by the government that gives you funding to invite parents into activities and community? Oh, well, y- yeah, um, yeah. N- no, not yeah, where's the money? Uh, oh, well. That, that's, you know, allocated different ways now. And that, no, 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 because the government said it's for the parents. It's for parent participation. Well, it depends on how many students are Title I actually in that school. All these schools, poor, all of them got Title I kids. That all their parents should have some funding and some opportunity to learn how to be involved in the school system. And that was a little piece of what the meeting was about, Demetrius. It was about you know, the kids failing and parents not being involved. And Okay, well, help the parents get involved. You got parents who can't read. So what do you expect? <laughs> you know, I just never really just took a moment just to just say how strong and just magnificent you truly are. And, <laughs> it's so crazy. Thank and, you. And, and what's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's that ordinary podcaster with the extraordinary thoughts that tells you to stop being great and be extraordinary. And, you know, as you heard, you know, I love this one because, see, I was raised by a strong woman. And it would yes. be natural that I would go on and marry a strong woman. And it just wouldn't feel right that I wouldn't have a strong woman come on and talk about liberation, education, and just things of that nature that just empower just so much. Ladies and gentlemen, yes. please give it up for Marla Godet. Thank you. I'm good with these intros, ain't I? I'm getting Thank really good you. with these intros. Yes, that intro was right on it. You made me feel all powerful. Because oh, you, you are, because you are. <laughs> yeah, well, they probably wanted to slap me up out of that meeting today, but it is what it is. If we don't start speaking out, like you see me on Facebook, my hashtag is silent no more. Mm-hmm. If we don't start speaking out and saying what we know is right, somebody's going to be hurt somebody's going to be killed. Somebody's going to have their life totally in shambles because we kept information to ourselves. Me making that one statement about Title I and the funding that is offered changed the trajectory of that conversation and now the thoughts of the people who were there. Three people came to me and said, oh my goodness, I didn't know they had money set up to help parents. Yeah, they do. We think the government is all bad, but they do have some money out there to do some things. Okay. But what are your superintendents and your school boards allowing the money to be used for? When you don't go to the meeting, you don't have nothing to say. That's all I'm saying. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I was going to fake it on this podcast. I really was going to fake it on this episode and act like Miss Godet was just somebody I was able to bring on the show and something of that nature. Although all of that is true, minus the faking part. 
Miss Marla Godet is my aunt. And I just, I just, I, I just ain't about to get on this show. I'm not about to get on here <laughs> and try to act like as if we two strangers. No, that's not even the case because this magnificent woman right here is my aunt. And you know, I always just wanted to know where where did all this strength come from? Because I mean, obviously at one point I was, you know, I was a child and I would never be able to see it in those eyes. And even if right. I tried to go back in time and think of it, you have just always been this strong woman to me. So where, yeah. where did it all start? And if you don't mind just telling a little bit about yourself. So um, I was raised with strong women. My great grandmother, my grandmother, my mother, um, all had different strengths in different areas. And I think I was able to glean a little bit of all of that. And I had a great grandmother who was gangster, like <laughs> so, so corn liquor and, you know, had the police all getting, getting their numbers from her, running them out the back, back window. And, <laughs> you know, she just did all that kind of stuff, came from them hustling generations, owned all the properties on the block and, you know, that kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. we grew up with that. Hey, you better get your butt to work. Um, my grandmother, hysterical. Oh, my God. My grandmother so hysterical. She um, just passed within the last two years. And she uh, would give us these old sayings, you know, what people say old, old sayings. And we mm -hmm. would be like, what are you talking about? What does that mean? And that stuff was real. Like, mm. she would say, um, hey, four feet in the bed. Your two don't know what's going on. Shut up. Stay out of them people's business. <laughs> huh? What are, you, what are you talking about? <laughs> Did you hear what I said? Stay out of their business. You know, in other words, don't get involved in people's relationships. They didn't ask <laughs> you in that. Mind your business. And she would say stuff like, um, people ain't pretty. What you mean pretty? Honey, you ain't cute and you can't dance. You better take your butt to work. Oh. <laughs> it would be like, oh. Oh, oh. so that, that old truth right there. That old truth. You ain't cute and you can't mm -hmm. dance. Go take your butt to work. Mm -hmm. And the one thing she taught us, and I try not to use a lot of profanity, but this is a profound okay. statement. She said, a needy woman got to put up with a lot of bullshit. Mm -hmm. Don't you ever be a needy woman. You get your education. You get your job, your career, entrepreneurship, whatever it is that you want to do. And you take your butt and pray every day. That is what she told us. My mama told us, keep your word. Do what you say you're going to do. And let that be known to everybody who knows you, that you're going to do what you say you're going to do. And in those type of things, I grew up with, you know, hearing those. And, and some, you know, also crazy women uh, coming from the African-American community. You know, they could be wild and kind of out there, too. <laughs> <laughs> but you know taking those parts and being like wow this is this is who I am these are the things that helped made me and um over the last maybe 10 10 12 years I've developed more of a sense of um justice and like oh 
You got to really stand up for people. I've always had it, Demetrius. I remember, you know, fighting for people when I was a kid. Just leave them alone. You don't mess with them. You know, ain't nobody. I feel like I'd be the bully then. If you want to bully somebody, I'm going to be the bully to you. Leave them kids alone. You know, I just didn't so let you've people always... get. Go ahead, oh. sir. Oh, I apologize. I just was going to say that you've always just been silent no more. Pretty much. Let, let me take that no more off. Like, because that ain't the case. Oh, I ain't been silent. And, <laughs> but there was a point where I was. I was silent for a while because, um, let me tell you, being a black female in, uh, in the United States, well, shoot, globally now, I say, but being a woman of color, um, did have me silenced for a while, nephew. It was, um, I worked in corporate America. I worked in all white male dominated environment. Um, I've worked where I've been the only, the only woman, the only black, the only black woman. Um, and you take a step back and you, you will shut down because you need your income, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want people looking at you crazy or every time you say something, it's an issue. So eventually you just don't say anything. Right. Um, or you have to learn how to say it just right. Um, I've had some good mentors who have really helped me through the years. Uh, white males, black women, people always say, you know, okay, no, you black women don't need, they need black women to mentor them. You need whoever is in your spot right then, that season in your life. One of the best mentors in my life was a white male. And I could call that brother, I call him a brother too, right now and ask for guidance and, and uh, tutelage. He is awesome. Um, and he helped me a lot. Um, but I was silent. Um, with different, uh, growing up in church environment, um, different things I would question but oh if you say that then you're gonna get in trouble and just do this and it was things that I knew that was not right because I could read (laughs) you know and so I would just kind of let it go um but I'm gonna tell you the last 10-12 years it's almost like this uh liberation and Mm. and then when I shaved my head Oh, it was on and popping. You know I was going to bring that up. You know we was going to talk about that. Oh, then when I shaved my head, nephew, I think I went crazy. I was like, oh, my God, freedom. Some lady at this uh, event, I was just at this evening, she walked up to me and she said, power, power, power. (laughs) She said, I love that look. I said, well, thank you very much, ma'am. But it wasn't just a, a look to gain attention. It was a look of, um, it was, it was freedom, straight freedom. Um, women get caught up in my hair, my nails, my lashes, my this and that. Um, and a lot of it going back to work. If I don't look a certain way, am I going to get this job? I could have the resume out of this world. I could have the experience but if I go in there with this black bald head, you know, are these people going to be like, this chick is crazy. You know, what is that all about? 
Um, so yeah, some of this stuff that we go through is it's about society, right? Yes. Um, so women and in, in, in all the women listening, um, some of you may be able to relate to me, um, depending on your age group, especially those of us a little more seasoned, a little over the 40s, pushing the 50s. You kind of know this, you know, make sure your weave is tight and make sure your outfit is just right because you are fighting quadruply hard to get the job. You have all of these things against you. And so hair, that's something you're going to keep together according to society's look and to what they think is normal. So um, even when I shaved my head, I, I had accepted a position in maybe like November and I wasn't starting until January. Well, I shaved my head December 31st of 2018. And I'm like, oh. Oh, so you came into the new year. Oh, like, this yeah. was like your new year's resolution. This was it. I was like, no more. I'm not going into the new year with this hair. That's not even my hair, mind you. I'm wearing mm. weaves and wigs and all of this because I got alopecia in one part and I got male pattern balding in the other part. And, you know, but I thought about, oh my goodness, I had my hair done for this interview. <laughs> <laughs> and now if I walk in there with this shaved head, are they going to think like, did she trick us? Is she sick? Does she have cancer? Is she nuts? What, what's going on? You know? And uh, a friend even asked me, she said, are you going to uh, wear a wig to work? And I said, should I? I don't know. And I was like, no, they hired me. They did not hire my hair. Right. And, um, the um, executive director actually is a friend of mine, and I like, sent him a picture first, though. <laughs> I did. I said, hey, look at what I did. He was like, hey, you look great. You're close to me. No problem. See you Tuesday. You know, he could care less. He just okay. needed the work done. So um, that right there, I think um, I've seen some women who walk up to me and say, wow, if I had that boldness, I would do it in a heartbeat. And I'm like, you got it. It's there. It's just not your season to come out. This was my season. And um, it's faring me well, I have to say that. Oh, my God. You know, my when you, when you shaved your head, I remember seeing it. And I just immediately thought, like, that was the strongest thing I had ever seen. Because you see it all the time. And a lot of, a lot of times we always see our outside. Our outside is always, you know, first impressions are our only impressions. So we always want to put our best step, we always want to put our best step forward. Mm-hmm. So too many times you would see a woman and it being in the military and being able to see, you know, female Marines, male Marines, you know, female Marines do take a little bit more time than the male Marines do. They have to get their hair done. They have to get their, they have to put their hair up in a certain way. They have to put this right. on, they have to do this on, you know? And then if you fast forward, switch gears to the more, a different type of world, it's the still the same thing, makeup, hair. And that's naturally has already been embedded. This is what is going to attract a man in most cases. Mm-hmm. So, when you shaved their hair, you essentially shaved all the stigmas that are associated with it. Right. And I just really wanted to ask, what did it feel like? Man, I have to show you the video. I was just like... Oh, you videoed it? Oh, I was cutting the weave off. 
And I was actually showing like, look, this isn't even attractive. This is like patchy and ugly and look at all of this. And I'm just cutting it down, down, down. And, you know, my husband is so dope. He's like, air girl, come here. He just shoot, shaved it all the way down with the clippers, right? And then just took the razor and shaved it off. And I was like, oh, it was so smooth and it just felt so good. And I saw all that ugly hair, fake hair mixed up with damaged natural hair. So none of it was healthy, right? None Ooh. of it was healthy. I like the way we I like where we about to go with this. None, I like, none I like of it was healthy. Oh, you feel me, nephew? Mm-hmm. None of it was healthy. It was so fake. It was a facade. It was so fake. Let me tell you how fake it is. Let's get real, right? Because you might have some women listening who need to hear this. I would be having sex with my husband trying to not show him the baldness <laughs> under the weave. Do you hear me? <laughs> fake, fake, fake. You can't even get your groove right. What you? T- this is my husband. I'm finally at the seat at the table. Ain't no more kids table for me. To- no more kids table for you now. Oh, you, 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 brought, you, you brought me on here. You brought me on here for some real talk, right? I love it. I love it fake. so much. So I'm looking at this, just this pile of fakeness there. And I just felt like this is who I am. And then, you know, I think I'm cute as all get out anyway. Please. I put me on some makeup. I just, you know, did my lashes. Was like, oh, please beauty queen over here i was like wakanda forever what (laughs) (laughs) but that but did you see what i'm saying i had a pile of just fakeness right there unhealthiness right there all of that was just unhealthy and a pile of excess money like that's lots of dough hair you know when you said after you shaved it, you just looked down and saw all this, 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 this fake hair, this unhealthy hair, and just overall, it was just unhealthy. Unhealthy. You know, I sit back and I think to myself of a person right now that's wearing a mask as they go to work to pretend to be somebody because they're afraid. Yes. Because they're afraid that the person that they truly are is not going to be properly received by the masses. Mm-hmm. So they put this costume on to go mm-hmm. in to be around everybody, hopefully that they'll be light, whether that's in a relationship where they done fake the funk in the relationship, pretended to be somebody that they ain't supposed to be. Now here they is in the middle of the relationship, still hiding, afraid to show their spouse who they really are. Right. Or they had their job. And because they around certain people or something of that nature, or they're afraid that who they truly are just will not be properly received, they fake it. And I can only imagine how exhausting that is. Exhausting. And that's a good word to use because, well, let's go a little bit here. Sidetrack, I'm a mental health professional. Um, I work with people all day, all the time who have issues that, you know, a lot of it has to do with more environmental factors than physical factors environmental factors, things that are wearing them down all around them because they're trying to keep this facade up. They're trying to keep this image up. 
So you have these people that are wearing the mask, like you said, and then they come to me and we get underneath that mask. And most of the time, it's beautiful under there. What made you think that what society said was wrong, was, was correct? They were wrong. You are beautiful under here. I'm talking about people with good hearts, people with, with good conscience, people who want to help others, and people who just want to live a peaceful life, and they're out here trying to keep up with society and what somebody said was an American dream. Who, who told you that? And you're putting yourself under all these pressures and you're wearing all this fakeness. And then when they get free from that, Demetrius, it's like, oh my God, I feel so good. I'm not sick anymore. I've worked with people until literally they have lost 40, 50 pounds because mm -hmm. they're carrying all the weight and they just eat and they go out and they hang out and they eat and they drink and they this and they didn't. And they gain all this weight when they don't even want to do that stuff anyway. They'd rather be at home chilling with their family but they're trying to keep up with the executives at work and got to go to this sales meeting and got to do this and that. When they let all this stuff go, they get healthy. Mentally, physically, spiritually healthy. That's what you, that's what you got to have. You know, whoo, God, I, that, that felt so good to hear because I remember I, at one point that I felt like that. I felt like that, you know, and I, I'm very transparent. I've always just been very trans. Well, let me rephrase that because I have not always been transparent because for the longest, I would have to pretend to be somebody. And then who I really am are two different people. In fact, right. these two different people wouldn't even get along if they were in the same room. <laughs> you, you see what I'm saying? When you two different people, sometimes yeah. the person that you're trying to be, you don't even like that person. Exactly. And on the days where I'm upset about something or, you know, God forbid, I get to drinking and I'm around a whole bunch of people. Those two people are now in the exact same room. See, you know, and now everybody looking at me like, who are you? Why do you act like this? That no, no, this has always been me. It's just now you get a chance to see the real me. Or if I get around somebody I'm comfortable with. Now you're looking at me like you don't normally talk like that. You don't normally act like that. No, this is who I am. This is just who I pretend to be. Yep. And I would go home and be so exhausted from being somebody I don't even want to be that I couldn't even enjoy my life. Right. So it just feels so good. And my question, one of my questions that I really want to ask you is that how did shaving your hair off help you become better at your job, especially dealing in mental health? Um. First of all, it gave That's a good me, question. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's a good, good one. question. You, you, you good. You good, nephew. Look at you drilling me. What? <laughs> I get you off, off key. Um, so I'm going to say for this, um, it helps me because I work with a lot of young people. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of young, when I say young, I mean youth, like maybe 15 to 19 is oh, about my, with my youth age. Way. Very impressionable, very, well, right after this, shaving it, I did a talk at um, church. I was asked to come speak to a group of youth about uh, suicide awareness and prevention and stuff, and just engaging them. And 
they were even more receptive than they had been in the past. They were more open. They were like, you know, one girl told me, she's like, you're awesome, Miss Marla. <laughs> she just, she's like, I love your hair. I love your no hair. <laughs> I was like, yes, honey, it's no hair. But um, I think it made people more, um, I've always been real in sessions and I I'm, am who I am. But I think they even felt more comfortable with me, more um, connected. Like she really is true because she's true to herself now too. Because it's like I've had former clients come back and be like, oh, my God, Miss Merlin, what happened to your hair? And then people assume you're sick because why would a healthy woman shave her hair, especially in America, when you're supposed to have it flowing down your back and a ponytail like a genie and all this craziness? Um, are you sick? Are you OK? Are you sure? You know, and like, I'm fine, honey. This was a, a liberating experience. This is what happened. Um, let me tell you. <laughs> With some of my clients, they were like, that right there, you will always be able to feel how somebody might be rejected too. I had a client tell me that. So now you know what it's like if somebody feels rejected because somebody might reject you about your hair. I said, you're right. You know, somebody could shun me because of how I look. And what do some of my clients go through? Being shunned, being bullied, being mistreated. So not having empathy for them, but really having sympathy for them because I could feel it as well. So it, it's helped me in a lot of different ways clinically, a lot of different ways. Um, one thing is I do not particularly work with uh, the aging population. That's not a, a real skill set for me. Um, not aging to the point of dying aging, going through um, transition of like, hey, I'm retired, I'm empty nesting, that kind of stuff. I'm good with that. Death, hospice workers. Nope. It's a wrap, nephew, because I be crying all the time. And mm -hmm. I, I oh, take on all their like emotions. And, mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I Wouldn't be no therapy. We'd be up in the bed together eating ice cream or something. You I'd be telling people, like, <laughs> I'd be sitting there saying, don't cry. Because if you cry, I'm going to get the cry. I'm going to cry. <laughs> it's just going to happen. And so when um, this, this appearance, this look has helped me to feel how um, people have said, like, you know, I have cancer. Um, one woman walked up to me at a conference last week. Are you one of my cancer survivor sisters? And I said, I am not. But I will definitely pray for you because, you know, the, because people just can't so believe that. A healthy person would shave would shave their head. So um, I've had that experience where it's like, wow, people will really treat somebody poorly, and they could be sick. So it gives you a different perspective on what being bald means to people. Um, I had a woman inbox me and say, you know, thank you for your video, thank you for your story. You know, my husband divorced me when I got cancer. Tell me my hair fell out. He didn't like how I looked. He didn't. I mean, I said, well, he was a shallow beast of a man anyway. So he wasn't even human. We, we're not going to even talk about that. You would have got rid of him anyway, eventually. Mm -hmm. um, but there are people out there that are so caught up in outward. Um, sometimes I go out, Demetrius, and I just walk and look and see how people stare at me. So... <laughs> 
and it gives me a good perspective for um, image. When I work with teens with image, it's body image, and they think people are looking, and they think, you know, so I'm able to help that way. You know, I love, I like, I remember you telling me that story, and I don't know, it just, at some point, I just started to realize there, the, the meaning in that story. And as the woman's husband left her, because she started to shed her hair because of the chemo, because uh, of the chemo. Right. And just like what you said, eventually you would end up losing that person anyway, because that person yeah. wasn't supposed to be in your life. No, and the he crazy, was trash. You know, and, and that's the crazy part, though, is because a lot of times we have people in our lives that are literally trash. They anchors. They 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 a cage. And mm-hmm. we, we try so hard to hold on to that person mm-hmm. or, or the mask that we have on. They friends with that person. But as soon as you acknowledge your real self, let me rephrase that. As soon as you reveal your real self. Yes. You live in your truth or or let's let's just go ahead and just say what we supposed to say and just say when you finally liberate yourself from the confines of who you think that you were supposed to be based off of what society had told you to be. You start to shed the people that were never supposed to be in your life. Yes. Ain't that it. Go ahead on and say <laughs> that thing, nephew. Oh, I bet you can't say it twice because that was meant to be said once. If y'all missed it, oh, well, press, press the replay because he just <laughs> said that thing right there. That's my nephew. That's what I'm talking about, though, because the, the people around you that, that your fake self is putting around you, these people are nobody. What are they really adding value to? They're so shallow. You know, they can't even hold a good conversation. And you just say, tee hee hee, and then, oh, yeah, dude, you know, I got you. It's so fake. Just like that pile of hair I left on the floor. Mm-hmm. Fake or damaged, right? Yes, ma'am. The real hair was, it was still some real hair there, but it was damaged. We get damaged on the inside, and we going to hold on to this, all this, I can't let nobody know that I was raped and I'm still hurting and I'm just going to put this on damaged. I can't let nobody know that, you know, I really have these insecurities about myself. So I'm going to put all this weave on and all this makeup or, or, you know, I can't let nobody know the little boy on the inside that's hurt. So I'm going to go lift 250 pounds every day and show off my man strength and, you know, or I'm going to run around and make 17 babies to show I'm really a man and ain't taking care of none of them because that's what the man part is supposed to be, taking care of them. I'm going to do all these things because of what's on the inside is damaged. You damage goods. You got to get rid of that. You know, I want to stay in that topic, but it just makes me just realize that definitely what I'm doing right now, I'm on the right path. Because this got to be genetic. This has to be just just genetic. Because the way that you just articulate your words and the way that you just, you your, your pitch, your tone, your rate, it, it's, it's so natural. And you can just tell that it's just so natural in the way that you do it. So I'm just, it's, it's so, that I, you know, I'm going to use it again. No pun intended. Because I know this episode is called The Liberation of Mar- Marla Godet. But I, it's just so liberating to see that. You know? <laughs> and for those who don't know, like, 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 um, my aunt is a speaker, you know, so like you hear me say that I'm a speaker and stuff like that. And I'd be wondering where I'd be getting it from. Yes. You know, and now I'm now I'm starting to wonder. Now I'm starting to know where I'd be getting it from. Hey, it's genetic. 
We yeah, got it. It's gotta be. It's gotta be. <laughs> this is such a good episode. This is such a good episode. Yeah, well, thank you. I'm so glad you having me. I felt all proud. I'm like, my nephew <laughs> wants me to do a podcast. I, I've never done a podcast before. This is so <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but, yeah. as, but as we approach the time, just like that, another extraordinary thought left this ordinary mind. I hope you enjoyed this episode half as much as I enjoyed making it. Uh, tomorrow, do you have anything for the listeners? Like, where can we find you at? Mentoring Moments mentoring moments with an s l l c dot com is my website and also my facebook page mentoring moments llc um i'm in the process of rebranding i've been doing some more uh professional coaching and um corporate work but i am truly a speaker to my heart especially when it comes to the things of mental health and building families and uh, building women, keeping black women, especially empowered and encouraged and not just motivated because motivation comes and goes, Demetrius. You'd be motivated one day, next day you feel sad, but to help black women develop their passion because that passion is what's going to drive you every day. You might be so low, you can't get up, but that passion, that passion will say, let me kick it into gear. Let me do at least one thing today. If I can't do two, I can do one. Lack of motivation, super motivation. Oh, I'm, I'm motivated right now. Th that can be gone in 20 minutes if the right thing come your way. So just helping people to learn that and to understand that and to have their peace. We need our peace and our peace come through our faith. Gotta have some faith. People oh. don't believe nowadays. I'm like, honey, you're gonna believe in something one day or another. You better start believing now. We gotta have that faith that's gonna give us the peace. Once we get that peace, we won't have that fear. And we don't have a fear, we won't be silent. We will speak. And that's what I just want people to know is that you get your faith, right? You're gonna get your peace. When you get that peace, you don't have that fear. You don't have that fear, you will speak. And if you don't speak out, remember this. A professor told me this in my first human services class when I was getting my associate's degree. And now I'm just a few classes and a dissertation away from my PhD. Let me tell you what this man said. Demetrius, he said, if you don't speak out working in the helping professions, someone can be hurt. Someone can lose a job. Someone could be killed because you did not speak out. So that's what I want to leave with you all today. And I want to thank you a thousand times for having me on. Just I'm thank you. I you. am so proud of you. I love you so much and I'm so proud of you. I love you more. I love you more. But, uh...